Well, um, if you look on my website, I think I'm one of the few candidates, if not the only um, candidates that has a climate platform um, on okay. his or her <laughs> webpage. And so, you know, it's it's um, just like my computer changed. I hope I'm still recording properly. <laughs> Have you opened a PDF? Okay. All right. Sorry. We'll continue. And, and last, I will say that um, with respect to transportation and building codes and personal lifestyles, we have to evangelize this. I jokingly told people that uh, when I was a, a younger person, that we knew you don't throw litter outside, that you recycle, you do certain things like that. And <laughs> at some point, it's, Excuse it's, me, what? it's lessening. What, where are you, where are you um, going with this, Bruce? Lessening in that regard. And I think we have to re-educate our youth mm. about the importance of uh, saving our planet. Yes. That revolutionary uh, re-education it's, it's program. The youth who are wrong. It, okay, wait a minute. So back in Bruce's day in uh, the 1960s, <laughs> uh when bruce was a youth uh they knew all about uh not littering right yeah, that's what that show mad men's about right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's sort of absurd on its face that like littering has always been this uh thing that was just verboten and known culturally as a bad thing in america that's just like r- absolutely ludicrous until very recently um but yeah Larry, the one of the most effective scenes in mad men is when they are at that picnic in like a cold <laughs> open of an episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And he takes the whole he just stands blanket up. full of food and just throws all the shit off into the park and all, then, and just walks away. Yeah. And it's like, but that is America. Like, yeah, that was like about littering. The campaigns against littering only started, uh, really in the 1980s. And yeah. this was, this whole country was a fucking, uh, sewer yeah, back when that. America was great. Yeah. But, um, Okay, what is he saying? Like that the youth have forgotten about like not littering. Like, I mean, where do you even yeah, fucking that, start? No, that's why we have climate change. Right, totally unrelated to climate change. <laughs> but he can't help doing. I guess that's what he, he's on this track. He's just like he's so uh, he's so fuzzy headed on the issue of climate change that like he can't help just associating it with like like his fucking aged boomer fucking notions of the environment which is l- littering, littering right yeah. Like, yeah your personal choice to litter or not okay which again was fucking endemic to america for large portions of uh bruce's life including his youth but the idea but he's also really it's this fucking seattle like homeowner brain worm that like the main issue with you know uh, the main issue really facing the city, the thing that's on the tip of their tongue at all times, people like Bruce Harrell, is all the fucking trash they're tired of seeing, <laughs> which is how they ultimately interpret the, uh, like, you know, housing crisis and homelessness issue. And he's basically just saying, gets sidetracked on this question of climate mm-hmm. to talking about, like, yeah, our streets are covered in filth and it's because the youth just haven't been taught. Our culture is... Yeah. is uh, in decline with regards to uh, awareness of the dangers of littering. <laughs> He's going to find uh, Iron Eyes Cody and they're going to launch a cultural revolution in Seattle yeah. uh, painting posters all over everywhere. Uh, you know, to litter, uh, that, that's the capitalist weapon. We, we, we reject it. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> we are doomed to have every politician apparently be just like Joe Biden, where all they do is just 
haphazardly recollect the fuzziest memories of their youth <laughs> where he's looking the whole planet's boiling and Bruce Harrell's like you know back in my day we we uh we didn't litter as much and uh now I think there's more litter <laughs> uh so we'll just pick up the litter Right, like, how, where do you solved. even start? Like, that, that'll keep the ocean from boiling. The climate <laughs> and our littering problem are just co- cultural issues uh. that need to just, you know, we just need to instill a better culture. We need to teach the youth not to burn down the planet. Or, But then I'm even, like, being generous and him allowing that he's talking about, like, actual trash on the streets. Like, what do you even say to that? Yeah. It's fucking psychotic. Yeah. Okay, to bring it back to, um, like, you know, Fuzzy-headed boomer nonsense, uh, prestige TV, and the history of littering in America. Um, I'd like to take us all back to um, my favorite episode of The Sopranos, which is about um, uh, the Columbus Day episode where, um, you know, uh, Tony and the gang get in a big... uh, (laughs) AJ gets woke. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, AJ gets woke. This is the the anti-Italian discrimination episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they get bees in their bonnet to, like, uh, you know, protest, like, uh, counter-protests, like, some Native American uh, agitation against uh, the genocidal holiday known some places as Columbus Day. And um, in it, they they the awful people who are the avatars of America on that show, like get in their head that like the greatest Native American of all time is the guy from the littering commercial. Yeah, from 1980. Cody. Yeah. Cody. <laughs> yeah. And so and they find out that he's not really Native American, that he's a Jewish actor or whatever. Um, OK, I just want to take you back to I think this is like 2015 where uh, Bruce Harrell. Literally uh, submitted a proposal, having been approached by basically Tony Soprano, um, <laughs> a, a concerned group of Italian Americans <laughs> with regard to uh, Indigenous <laughs> Peoples himself. Day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the the text: Whereas nearly half a millennia ago, where early Italians journeyed to this hemisphere, this is Bruce Harrell's language that he oh proposed no. be enacted into. To, no. cre- to uh, create a Seattle Italian Heritage Month. Bro. Okay. Hey, we find a, they we held, found a, a city. <laughs> where, where early Ita- when early Italians journeyed to this hemisphere, they helped to begin exchanges between the old world and the new. Yeah, the, the awesome. exchanging blankets in exchange for mm-hmm. land in the future. <laughs> Italian navigators Amerigo Vespucci, Giovanni De Veranzo, <laughs> Mario Mario, <laughs> and Christopher Columbus helped shape our modern world by doing what no others had accomplished. <laughs> Fleeing Bowser, Italian, Bowser Seattle style Italian. On this podcast, we recognize Seattle Italian Heritage Month, and we always will. All right. Welcome to Mechanical Freak. We're broadcasting live adjacent an ancient altar hidden somewhere in the heart of the downtown corridor in Seattle, Washington. 
that city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today, where, surrounded by piles of bare white bones and blood-stained badges of forgotten provenance, once belonging to would-be practitioners of innovation lost to trial in time, we watch a thin, hoodie-donning, bespectacled boy approach the altar slowly from a premature but advancing decrepitude, a blue badge bouncing off his frail neck with every labored step, <laughs> place a thumb drive into the pulsating, awaiting orifice, offering a powerful cantrip to the council designed to use machine learning to analyze audio recordings and closed circuit television footage to determine anywhere in the city when profanity is uttered and by whom, <laughs> thereby cleaning up the streets and our language at once with a cuss tax. That's right. It's Mechanical Freak. Uh, most of the gang is here. Cassidy is on the road. Um, Cassidy photos, Super Cassidy. Tramp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Living it up. Uh, <laughs> She's in search of Lord Humongous to no. come and bring salvation back to the city. Yeah. She's searching for Baba yet, too. <laughs> She's cleaning up litter, I think, right? Doing her part. <laughs> yeah. That's part Doing of the, her part. Was that, the, was that the drop from the uh, Innovation Council? Yeah, that was the uh, little peek inside the Innovation Advisory Council. Is that still around? It is. In fact, it has a new school of... of uh, of, exactly. <laughs> There's some new innovation that was secretly dropped. And interestingly enough, all the evidence of deliverables and timelines have been scrubbed from the <laughs> Look forward to a Innovation Council update in the future. Full dig. Yeah. The Innovation yeah. Advisory Council has always existed, <laughs> and it always will. <laughs> Timelines oh, yeah. uh, me are meaningless to us. That's, we that's we exist outside of time. It's yep. it's law now, apparently. Yeah, their website just says time is a construct now. <laughs> uh, it rocks. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we just heard about Spruce Bruce. But uh, the other local... Yeah, so, like, you know, um, maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, are they going to do, like, a a full hour on uh, what a dumb old boomer shithead Bruce Harrell is? <laughs> uh, no, he is running for mayor, but the election, it's so far away. Oh, we're just giving you a little taste. That, that clip was from uh, last night, I think, on the 32nd legislative district democrats candidate forum as very boring um but uh bruce harrell said some other stupid things they not as dumb that was the dumbest thing he said he said l other dumber things in the last month since announcing we will we will be getting into the more interesting or more um like horrific candidates for uh the various offices uh now, I guess we're like, uh, you know, three months out from a from a primary. Mm -hmm. um, that'll It'll happen. We're getting there. Um, that's just a little tease. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned, dear listener. <laughs> a little taste of the Bruce magic. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell everybody that you were sorry that they sent all their democracy vouchers in to Bruce already. <laughs> but, uh, Actually, that's what we've used all the Patreon money for is to buy democracy vouchers yeah. to give to Bruce. Um, We're paying canvassers to yeah. <laughs> knock on doors and get people to submit their democracy vouchers to Bruce Harrow. Um, well, I how are all how are you all doing after hearing the the news about? I'm crushed. Seattle's second billionaire couple. Yeah, it's it's awful. I mean, you know, you think 
love will last forever. <laughs> you know, first it was Angelina and Johnny Lee. <laughs> then it was Angelina and Billy Bob. <laughs> then it was Angelina and Brad. And now this. And look, guys, I'm here to tell you, love is a lie. Mm-hmm. It only exists to sell Hallmark cards. Colin, <laughs> yeah. is it our fault? <laughs> we can't be sure. <laughs> but there, who knows? There's a strong possibility that uh, why is their mom and dad fighting? Yeah, that we that we've driven a wedge between orphan Bilhelm Gates and Melinda Gates. Oh, well, maybe our our you know long uh, standing continual <laughs> aggressive coverage of Bill Gates as one of the most evil men who's ever lived. Um, and, you know, being, you know, early on the story of, uh, uh, him basically blocking vaccines from most of the world really got to Melinda. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why she's leaving it. Maybe she just can't stand to be associated with, uh, the guy who's like, preventing the world from getting vaccinated because obviously we know she wants all those poor people to live. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Melinda is our sixth Patreon subscriber. So like fully freak pilled. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think maybe our last couple episodes really did it in. That'd be funny. That'd be like a funny guy to invent and get mad at is um, like, I've been seeing like a lot of like, there's a lot of coverage about, you know, Bill Gates was kind of amazing. Like it is like getting Fucking out finally and like about his role in because there's this real issue about whether to waive the patent rights on the vaccines. And it's very clear like that the guy controlling the entire global vaccine effort and mm. ex- lobbying for keeping it under control, these handful is, of companies is, is, is Bill what, Gates. A doctor, uh, <laughs> you know, somebody who knows about epidemiology. Oh, no, a, a computer guy. But like, so this is getting out there. I, 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 I know there's, there's, I'm sure there's tons of speculation about what it is that, you know, is ending this marriage, whether it's just like being cooped up together in their various, like, um, enormous mansions, (laughs) um, uh, during COVID or whatever. But I want to invent a guy who's like, yeah, like it's cause, uh, She's really, you know, upset about his stance on the vaccines um, (laughs) and get mad at that guy by saying, like, um, she is also a Malthusian who wants poor people in the third world to die. Agreed with everything. Well, who once told the New York Times in an interview that the thing that keeps her up at night is that a woman in Africa (laughs) might be having a child. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally, yeah. He literally said, like, like, up at night, cold sweats, thinking about African birth rates. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's that's some fucked up shit. No, it's, like, demonic. And I don't know how they've really gotten away with, like, having just only good PR Mm-hmm. Until very recently, when yeah. like you know, I'm when they're basically saying like we'd want to do like a mass ethnic cleansing of of Africa. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, well, and, and and really working at doing it. Well, the other thing, it is it, it is being talked about, but the part and uh, even smart people, good people are bringing up like some key issues of ways to like look at Bill Gates, bringing up his own personal. Well, the f- fact that he's a rich uh, demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, freak more specifically that he all of his wealth is uh, related to 
IP law and mm-hmm. maintaining it. And I think that is has something to do with it. So they're trying to trace like, you know, what are his like ideological predispositions to this? Um, and, you know, I mean, that's all very valid. And I think at the end of the day, like those things shouldn't like those are good arguments for why this guy should has no like good valid reason to be in charge of this shit and to have the, so much influence. But like what no one's bringing up that I like mm-hmm. only we really talk about is the fact that this guy and his wife are like stated Malthusians. They yeah. really believe yes. in the population bomb. They think the problems of the world are overpopulation. They think that's why so many people and are poor. Specifically in, overpopulation in the third world. Yeah. Yes. Like that's right. why the third world's the third world mm-hmm. is because it's overpopulated. I mean, this is a very, this is popular thinking. I mean, this is yeah. like, no, it's, when, and it's like in the education system, even like in like the like Bellevue High School education system. I have a friend who like went there, and he said that literally like they've instilled in them like overpopulation is like a really big problem, and it's almost mm-hmm. unethical to like you know have kids. You got to really think about that, and like you know gave like showed like the Nigeria statistic <laughs> and like the visualization on like this is what it's gonna be like in 2030, and it's like here it is now, and like it expands mm-hmm. like eight times or something, <laughs> oh. right? Like. Yeah, it's like in like a public school, you know, like, I don't know. It's like I mean, very crazy. Yeah, to well, me. yeah. And I'm just not hearing that in other out in yeah. all the criticism that it like is, these people really want. I'm OK. I'm I'm perfectly comfortable starting there when you're talking about Bill Gates and mm-hmm. why he is like, yes, it's money. It's about preserving the prerogatives of these uh, drug monopolies, as we've talked about before, setting them up as the fucking princes of the world. In him being involved in that, whatever, and his general like predisposition toward IP law, but like I honestly, like I don't know how you can s- like see Bill Gates's history, the things he said, the things they've done at the Gates Foundation, mostly, yeah, and and say like, oh, why not? Why aren't they just like, yeah, it's fine. A bunch of people will die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the last third rail you're not allowed to talk about is the fact that. Bill Gates especially, but the wealthy in America and in the Western world basically stopped giving a shit about COVID the second they learned they weren't going to die from it and only poor people were going to die from it. Yeah. And that is connected to an actually held deep-seated belief in them that overpopulation is what is maybe the number one problem in the world today and that it is also the you know the driver of climate, climate change, change. Yep. Yep. Something, something that we talked about you know in a previous episode where we talked about Bill Gates where we even brought up things like you know take the Nigeria example it would take you know probably several thousand people in Nigeria to match the fucking climate footprint of one William Gates right yeah. like that you know uh, that it's actually a distribution of resources that's the problem all this kind of stuff but for Bill Gates, who doesn't want to roll back his lifestyle, doesn't want to roll back capitalism, which yeah, be roll the back capitalism solution to uh, yeah, climate change. So instead of Bill Gates living with half the amount of yachts and half the amount of private planes that he might be going with a certain bank or two to small islands in the Caribbean, mm. half the amount of houses, like instead of that, he would rather just kill a million people in the third world, and, and that's being generous, saying a million. Yeah, and honestly, he's getting it right now, and it is. It's just fascinating that you're not allowed to bring up the fact that uh, maybe his response has something to do with the fact that he just doesn't give a shit yeah, about and these listen, people. And we're not saying that Bill Gates engineered the virus and released it on the world in a like full Bond villain 
style <laughs> plot to mm-hmm. like rebirth a new renaissance, which is a thing like these people like think about like Ubermensch rich liberals like are literally looking at COVID and going, you know, well, after the Black Death killed a third of the population in Europe, that's how we got the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. They're literally saying that to each yep. other at cocktail parties, like they're on their little family Zoom <laughs> meetings. They're, I promise you. Well, I think, uh, what's his face, dumbass, 10,000 hours or whatever even. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, it's you been know, brought up in pol- even in man polite yeah. uh, publication, like... You know, just, oh, I, by the way, you know, just yeah. by the way, a little factoid here. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Bill Gates, with all his influence, engineered this virus and released mm-hmm. it on the world. I'm just uh, saying. I'm not saying that Bill Gates, who has, through the Gates Foundation, multiple uh, weird and uh, opaque uh, medical clinics all over the world, uh, including in places like India, China, all over Africa. Not saying that that is weird, creepy, anything like that. No, but <laughs> if you do, you do see this going around the world, and you see, you know, the possible responses to it, and you're trying to rationalize, like, well, how do we rationalize in our own minds, like as we fall asleep at night, uh, how you keep, how you prop up this decrepit for-profit pharmaceutical and health industry uh, while people die when the sane thing to do on many levels is just to have a full like global response that like gets around those problems very easily uh, by just like producing as many vaccines as possible all over the world without profit being Mm. uh, the main concern. I think it's, very easy to you deploy a lot of rationales publicly a lot that are getting a lot of scrutiny because they're total bullshit like oh you know there just isn't we're there isn't productive capacity we can't you know we can't do it like what you know what we hear from what we've heard for the last 40 years you know we can't do big things you know Mm -hmm. that's what it basically matters It's, it's it's you know it's total bullshit but i think at the end of the day yeah you're also thinking to yourself it's okay that I'm lying because at the end of the day, society's going to survive to build, uh, to keep building forward, but we'll be doing it with a lot less people. And that'll just, that'll solve a lot of our problems so that capitalism can keep going. You know, maybe yeah. they'll probably buy, maybe it'll buy us, uh, 10 years, uh, of glow, you know, of global temperature or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you read the, like, British press talking and, like, you know, listen to the House of Lords of Britain during the Irish famine or during the Indian famines when millions of people are literally fucking dying because of economic policies imposed by the British Empire. Like the British the, just taking food out yeah, of their mouths. <laughs> literally, yeah. yeah, just taking, like, trains of food out of India while millions of people die. Uh Literally in the British press, they would say like, well, this is the like divine hand of the market, right? This is God working himself out in the market because these places are overpopulated and there's this golden sort of middle that we have to reach. And, you know, that this is, look, we'd love to intervene, but how can you intervene and serve God's works and all this kind of shit? And I fucking guarantee you in Bill Gates's head. This is how he actually interprets. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Is that when millions start dying in India, he's basically going to say, look, if people had listened to me decades ago and I said we should sterilize half the women in India, uh, this wouldn't be happening, right? So this is honestly, this is why I have to double down on my depopulating the world uh, uh, premise. Places that are 
suffering from enormous poverty will always be called by the powers in charge of the world economy overpopulated, no matter what the truth of that is. They said this about India and Ireland when they were happening, and it was totally specious. There's no one lived in Ireland. Ireland had like three million people on the entire (laughs) island. Ireland, (laughs) they're like way less densely populated (laughs) than Britain. Half the population left, and they still were saying it's overpopulated. And India, (laughs) similarly, was not remotely overpopulated. But when you are taking all of the cash crops Mm -hmm. and all the food, all the cattle that's being raised out of the country for export. And not leaving any food behind to eat. Yeah, it's like, whoa, their economy can't feed them. So you say they're overpopulated. Case in point. Remember in our lifetimes, people used to refer to China constantly. If you want to talk about overpopulation, Mm -hmm. a population problem, China was what came up. Uh, China is so population bomb. Yeah, exactly. China is so overpopulated. They've got this horrendous population problem. You notice that hasn't come up recently because huh, you know weird. they just they uh, yeah developed solved, they they <laughs> developed they basically <laughs> essentially ended extreme poverty in China over the last ten years and mm-hmm. before that they just actually you know made a concerted effort to develop their economy uh, and you, so you don't hear anybody talking about China being overpopulated anymore and that was like that was the thing you knew about China in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid in the nineties, you know, the thing more than, more than the fact that China was nominally communist, even. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that the f- key fact about China was that, holy shit, there are just so many fucking Chinese people. Forget the fact that it's like a country that's like, you know, just fucking enormous in land yeah. mass and, has like and resources. 8,000 years of continuous, like, cultural <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're like, oh my God, there's just so many people there that they're just going to fall apart because, mm-hmm. you know. And no, they just develop their economy. Mm-hmm. And you never heard a peep about it again. In the 21st century, no one has really mentioned uh, yeah. China being overpopulated. It's bullshit. Uh, like, you know, but they they believe this because it's convenient. It's like any other you know uh, capitalist yeah. ideology. Yeah. Oh, by the way, let's get back to them being divorced, though. This is yeah, funny. yeah. Oh, yeah Bill Gates is a divorced guy now. Do you want me to read the statement? It's pretty quick. Hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like okay. when a corporation the, has the, a joint the, statement. Yeah, no, the best is um, the fucking notes app like <laughs> statement that these guys did. Like I think Bezos did it as well. It's yeah. like yeah, they'll just post on Twitter with no caption, like yep. a screenshot of their notes app, and Bill Gates you, did it. What do you too. think Bill's state is as he's putting this together? Do you think he has like Lindsay Diaries in the background? He has like a single tear coming down. Yeah, I, I think like either Carsey yeah. Headrest or American Football is playing in the background, yeah. you know? He has like multiple drafts, each messier than the other. <laughs> yeah. I, I have some serious Cheers theories up. about what's going through his head, but I'll save it. All right, let's read it. Uh, after a great deal of thought and a lot of work on our relationship, we have made the decision to end our marriage. Over the last 27 years, we have raised three incredible children and built a foundation that works all over the world to enable all people to lead healthy, productive lives. We continue to share belief in that mission and will continue our work together at the foundation, but we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in this next phase of our lives. We ask for space and privacy for our family as we begin to navigate this new life. Melinda Gates and Bill Gates. Also, people have begun to 
more loudly allege that I've fucked children <laughs> with <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's various estates. Pictures and with Jeffrey been, Epstein. And that's been weighing heavily on Melinda's ability to remain associated with me before the other shoe drops. Yeah, I mean, in, for you know, in Bill's defense, to be clear, as was revealed in, in you know, leaked documents uh, about Bill Gates' dealings with Jeffrey Epstein, while he greatly admired Jeffrey Epstein's lifestyle, he just didn't think he had the sexual prowess to pull it off. <laughs> so, you know, he, maybe he just watched Jeff fuck children. We don't know. Well, it's, oh, it's funny you bring that up, too, because... <laughs> These um, are all real things. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's something that's really interesting that I kind of found out today is that um, in Bill Gates' marriage contract, he negotiated into the marriage contract that... Um, he had a right to take an annual beach house weekend vacation with his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so, right from the start. I mean, like, we know this about Bill Gates, but, like, when they got together, you know, Microsoft was already, you know, huge. This is, like, the early 90s, right? So, like, yeah, um, he was a... You know, he he was he was getting out there. He was like a sort of a, a dork playboy, you know? Mm. Yeah, like all these fucking losers, uh, Bill Gates was, I guess, taking it out on the opposite gender. Like all these fucking losers ended up hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein and mm -hmm. doing God yep. knows what. And uh, yeah, it is very interesting that as, you know, uh, Ghislaine potentially goes to trial, uh, you know, Maybe we'll hear something. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's Please. to say? <laughs> you do got to wonder, like, I mean, it is it is pretty incredible that there the me there is this media, like he's actually getting this media scrutiny. the The whole vaccine thing is getting genuinely mainstream media questions. He's being tied into it. His role is actually being reported in that he is the global champion of maintaining. IP protections over these the yeah. these monopolies for the vaccines at the cost of literally billions of lives. Yeah, and it's like you gotta like wonder. Like I always wonder if when something like that happens, like because he has been sainted for twenty years. You know, mm -hmm. um, that that's the whole purpose of philanthropy of the Gates Foundation is to you know, and was as we've talked about on the show, your theory, Brian, about the way the appeal on the um, monopoly rulings like eventually dissipated is because the ruling class went to him right and said yeah. you need to do a shit you need to give away a bunch of money and do it very publicly yeah and this can go we can make this go away people forget bill gates in the 90s was the cartoonish railroad baron yeah. of yep. his generation like he was the emblem and if you go back and watch old 90s sitcoms and things like that you'll see this kind of stuff and it feels very weird from our current state but he was the emblem of the bad acting capitalist and all this kind of and stuff everybody and everybody yeah. Who I he think was they brokered a deal yes. because it was in every home. Everyone mm -hmm. had windows. So you had this. People had this connection to this like robber baron that mm -hmm. it was very clear. It was very public. All the shit Microsoft had done, all the laws they'd broken, all the companies they screw over, the the antitrust stuff that just dissipated, went away. He gets sainted, and you got to wonder if, uh, if you know. On some level, that's breaking down, right? Because this was mm. just a, like he he sort of did what they asked and uh, became a philanthropist, and then, but then now, like 
it, it's he got himself in this position where he's the lord of all global health policy. Yeah. And now he's maybe going to be pegged as the avatar of that. And maybe it blows up in his face. I don't know. Or is it because he's being like let go of for other reasons? Because like because there's like other dirty shit that's going to come out about him. I don't know. Yeah, I think the what we're actually going to find out is while we weave all these, uh, you know, strings together of what could have broken up the storybook romance, uh, that it's actually going to be that she found his bookshelf full of David Foster Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) And his male manipulator music. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I think he did say he was going to read Infinite Jest like last summer. He was going to do Infinite Summer, right? Like reading like 20 pages every summer and then you finish Infinite (laughs) Jest at the end of the summer. He was going to be an Infinite Summer guy. Well, we we know what's happened. Yeah. Well, wow. Moonia, I think that I saw that you had uh, post of this, which I also think is another another thing we haven't considered, which is him and Jeff. If we think about the timing, mm-hmm. are going to have a white boy summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting ready to have a white boy. White summer. boy summer is going to be crazy. So, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot out there, guys. Uh, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> You know, no, like Bill, 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 and Jeff are texting, and you know, like Jeff's like, "Bro, summer ain't ready for us, bro." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're telling stories over a glass of wonderful distilled poop water, <laughs> getting tribal tattoos mm-hmm. on their arms. Yep, <laughs> love it. Glass ho- of red—that's not wine. <laughs> I hope that uh, Bill starts to get that like weird jacked that Jeff's has been doing. Yeah, yeah. He's been, like taking the tea and That'd like be cool. Dude, so I hope that Bill starts to do that too. Yeah, I look that would be to cool. It. Yeah, I look forward to his hair falling out in his forehead, getting more pronounced. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's just gonna start looking like the old gods, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. We wish you both well, Bill and Melinda. Yeah, may breakups you, are tough for everybody. May you continue Melinda to hit me up. destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, Melinda, feel free to date all of us, actually, yeah. on the pod. You could be in a polycule. An ethical polycule. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. A freakcule. A freakcule. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the freakcule. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing we wanted to talk about was a little chocolate shop of horrors that refused oh to serve two fine porcine police officers. Wait, did, did, did I say Melania or Melinda? I think I Melinda. heard Melinda. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Cool. Also um, Melania. <laughs> yeah, also. yeah, when is that shoe going to drop? Yeah, right. I mean, bro. what the hell? <laughs> Well, somebody had put up, it was so funny, somebody had uh, put up that, uh, it's the old cartoon of, like, the Grim Reaper going to each door. Yeah. yeah. yeah there was all the blood. Yeah. And it was, you know, Jeff and yeah. what's her, and McKenzie. McKenzie, and Bill yeah. and Melinda. And then he's knocking on the Barack and, and Michelle, yeah. Michelle door, which is so fucking funny. It would be so funny if, if they split up before the Clintons did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the Clintons went to the grave publicly married, I, I, I will put I will put a chip on it right now. 
if the if you the, the next thing you hear is that the Clintons are getting a divorce, this Ghislaine trial is going to yeah. be wild. Ghislaine. Like that means some shit is that means dropping. Ghislaine is dying. Yeah, <laughs> shit is getting dropping. murdered. Yeah. <laughs> we'll that see. Is, yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's it, right? Like that's that's why God. you have to do this. Is like you don't want if you're Melinda, you're like I I can't. I I'm too my brand is too strong. I can't like live the lie, mm-hmm. the absurd uh hypocrisy that the Clintons are living. You yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. Well that and she's like, I was behind the camera, so you can't see me in any of the video footage. So yeah. <laughs> Uh okay well yes as we were saying there was a chocolate shop in where was this Fremont uh Wallingford in Wallingford yes they have several locations but yeah I think that was the the one in Wallingford is the the location in, in yes and one rogue employee told right, it, bringing it bringing it right home to Seattle here told the police officers in so many words to fuck right off we're awesome. not going to serve you here and yep. uh. Of course, this was picked up by one-time city council candidate and bouncy house magnate. Now crack journalist. Crack journalist <laughs> and nightcrawler <laughs> in the cemeteries, Ari Hoffman. Yes. In the post-millennial, a very real thing. <laughs> publication <laughs> that in no way is more pathetic than Mechanical Freak. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely doesn't look like a word doc that somehow yeah. found its way onto the internet. Yeah, with a, a free WordPress theme or something. Um, did we want to read this whole thing? Yes. Yeah, it's not that long. Yes, okay. Do. So I, I Let me answer. Are I you think, making fun of them for not having a totally bespoke website? Yeah, so. basically. Um, I think he's some kind of editor here now, which as we joked about before we taped, it's funny considering none of us believe he can actually read or write. But. I, listen, actually, I, as the staunchest defender of Ari on the podcast, like the right in this town will put up some pretty fucking brain dead, talentless, charismatic black holes, right? Mm-hmm. Like compared to some people, compared to like Saul Spadey, yeah. Ari has some kind of twisted like troll charisma, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely better than Saul. And it's nice to hear that after y'all's phone chat that Ari's kind of won you to the side, Greg. Yeah, yeah. So again, this is in the post-millennial. A real website. A very real website (laughs) and thing that you should care about. And it says, exclusive Seattle police officers refused service at local chocolate shop. We're going to hear all about this from a very... uh, reliable journalistic source i can't wait and then it, yeah it's got a picture of some chocolate from chocolatey is that was that the uh, oh i think brian told us it's pronounced chocolatey i yeah. wasn't i wasn't gonna yeah, chocolatey with johnny depp <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it's juxtaposed with somebody that looks like andy sandberg who is on spd doing hot rod at a about to like about to jump the pool maim or otherwise like hurt a child probably yeah probably the cop who like tear gas that like nine-year-old <laughs> yeah. yeah um and then it has a little caption here that says the officer asked for a box of chocolates and the employee said no i won't serve you <laughs> i 
feel like there's like a Forrest Gump joke. In Exa- there yeah, I was I was gonna read that as yeah. Forrest Gump, but I couldn't do it. Okay, two members of the Seattle Police Department were denied service at a local cafe. A Seattle police officer and a trainee walked into Chocolati on North 45th Street in the Wallingford neighborhood on Tuesday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. looking for a snack. <laughs> I mean, just... I, I just picture them in their cruiser, just chocolate all over their faces, <laughs> like down their shirts. Well, that's their shit. normal routine. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, because that's what you go in... You go in to get a box of chocolate for a snack. <laughs> yeah. I like... But, it's just, also a coffee shop. But I just love them calling... No, they're getting treats. Come on. I just love the idea that they were like, oh, our, our treat visit. Our treat visit <laughs> like, got ruined. You don't buy a box of chocolates. They have fine... They make... Their yeah. main product is fine chocolate bonbons or truffles or whatever the hell they are. Uh, they also have, like, other baked goods at their coffee shops, you know, and other chocolate products, you know, but, like... You're getting a box of chocolates. It's not to take back to your cruiser and eat. That's ex- that shit's expensive too. It's like premium. So it sounds like your training was going very well, Greg. Before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so according to their website, Chocolati was established in the year 2003. This is in quotes with the philosophy of making delightful chocolate confections that were both aesthetically creative and of the highest quality as we just heard from Greg. Honestly, reading from their website is kind of making me take SPD's side. Yeah. I hate this place. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see how things went down. So, according to sources in SPD with knowledge of the events. <laughs> the only people more reliable <laughs> than Artie Hoffman. The employee. Anon- anonymous cops. Yeah. yeah. Anonymous cops is who we're hearing from right The employee now. behind the register finished serving the customer in front of the officer. The officer then walked up to the register to order. The employee, a white female with green streaks in her hair, oh my god, ignored uh, the uh, officer. Ari was reveling in that Dude. detail. At some point, we will have to do a deep dive into the conservative obsession with, <laughs> with women's hair. <laughs> yeah, it is the, one of the creepiest things about they, like the they, modern conservative. They really get off on um, the half shaved head, like the shaved mm-hmm. head on the sides of like a blue haired girl with a <laughs> side of her head shaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I telling wonder, me to stop being a man. I wonder what the underlying psychological motivation <laughs> for this uh, this this is exactly. All right, so let's hear what Billie Eilish had to say. When the officer got her attention, he asked for a box of chocolates, and the employee said, "No, hell yeah, I won't serve you." Hero, yeah, that yeah. rocks. Queen, absolute queen. fucking queen. Employee of the year, Listen, as like, I'm concerned. You can't. <sighs> Not everyone has this option to refuse cops. You're working in service like it's like, you know, between your between like you needing the job and the absolute inevitability in most cases that you will get fired for doing this. You could also just get killed by the cop. Sure. Um, yeah. for refusing to sell them a yeah. coffee or a box of chocolate. Or have them like weirdly stalk you yes. or like all sorts of other yeah. things. Well, yeah. we, we, you on random the, shit. Yeah, we the, covered on the show the, the uh, guy. At the yeah. auto parts store, yeah. at the like O'Reilly's on Aurora, right? Like and pulled out a chair from like, his cruiser. Said something like, we told the cop like fuck you and the cop was like basically trying to tow his car. Yeah. And because he was trying to was get to work. his job. Yeah, yeah. And then the fucking cop, yeah, brought an office chair and sat it outside his fucking work. <laughs> and anybody that passed by and asked him what he was doing, he would say, 
oh, there's a, you know an ungrateful you know person there. He needs to come out and apologize to me. And Can all you guess some kind of um, uh, apparently... skin color of the uh, employee? <laughs> yeah, yeah, anybody? Yeah. yeah. yeah anybody having a yeah. wild guess about that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, and he only left when he got basically berated by some old lady walking by who <laughs> berated him for being a piece of shit. Another queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like. Uh, like real like uh Auntie Karen yeah. came by yeah. Um, yeah. told him to fuck off. <laughs> I'm gonna call her a Susie. <laughs> <laughs> the officer and the trainee left Chocolati, whose website claims that their goal is to grow at a steady pace without compromising the quality and the personal attention we give to our customers and to our chocolates. Look, uh, th- Greg said it early, Ari is not the average conservative writer. He knows how to build animosity against a shop <laughs> just to read its website. Yeah. To, yeah. To, yep. to say exactly where to go. He's, yeah. he's putting in, honestly, he's putting in the work. He's, yeah. look, I mean, he's, this is right out of our playbook. I think he's listening to the, <laughs> the show. Yeah, well, the he's show. a seventh Patreon. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the post-millennial contacted Chocolati for comment. and A, a sp- real publication who <laughs> <laughs> has a lot of sway That's when so, we contact people. So far, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the fact checking department <laughs> contact. Now, I didn't just like call their uh, fucking store like I mm-hmm. call like a free any yeah. any fucking store that like comes like retail establishment that comes across like my radar for like offending me on some culture point. I will mm-hmm. call and complain because I'm Ari Hoffman and uh, I couldn't make it into elected office. So I just <laughs> I just citizens harass people. It is funny that the amount of people that when Ari calls to do this, you just give them shit back, which is, is one of the funny that they'll just hang up and are like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, where did I leave off? A s- millennial. Okay. Yeah, call. Contact. Yeah. So they a store employee answered the phone upon inf- informing the employee of the purpose of the call the employee said to the post millennial is this how you want to spend your time <laughs> oh, <laughs> get, getting essential workers in trouble <laughs> the employee continued shouldn't you be spending your time harassing homeless people <laughs> Is this a listener? (laughs) I hope so. Oh my God. You're listening to this. If if you have any part of this, well, this could be a whole other employee. That's the way it sounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess Ari doesn't really know, but like, um, I like to think, you know, there was some solidarity happening among the workers at this Chocolati store. Um, yeah, if you're in any way associated with us, you should hit us. I'm yeah. only sorry I wasn't there for the phone to be handed to me so I could spend <laughs> another 10 minutes on the phone with him. In response, the post-millennial suggested leaving a number for the owner or manager to which the employee responded, you really want to spend your time getting essential workers in trouble? The post-millennial then said that we would attempt to reach the owner or manager another time. Again, the post-millennial is just like a crazed Ari Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's his alter ego. Yeah. The employee agreed that that would be preferable and then added, and go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with conservatives and just like publicly saying how much they've been owned? Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is them posting your L's. Yeah, yeah literally yeah, posting seriously. their L's online. Uh, getting told off to own the list. <laughs> <laughs> so then it has an update. It says, following the publication of this article, another police officer contacted the post-millennial with a similar story from a different date where they were refused service at the Chocolati location 
on East Green Lake Drive. Bullshit. North. Bullshit. So, Didn't fucking happen. I'll tell sure, you fucking sure. why. Because no cop goes into a store, gets refused service, and no one fucking yeah. hears about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. So, so bullshit. this does bring us to an interesting point in this article uh, where we are dealing with a, uh, let's just say, a lot of unreliable narrators <laughs> in this. And that I believe well, that I, someone told Ari Hoffman to, to fuck go off. fuck himself. He, yeah. He's yes. not funny enough to actually put that in there. Somebody, somebody <laughs> no, told him that. No, exactly. But, you know, exactly what happened in this shop, let's just say I have some doubts that the cop walked up and was like, one chocolate, please. <laughs> and this uh, green-haired woman turned around and just started playing like L7 and told the fuck <laughs> off, big. Uh, I have a sneaky suspicion there's more to that story. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Well, but, at the very uh, least, like, we don't know. Maybe... Well, yeah. Like maybe yes. they were cool enough to do that. Yeah, maybe yeah. they were are here were here enough yeah. to just say no, no cops. Um maybe yeah. maybe they were planning on leaving this job anyway and were like, I'm taking this out. This is how better than telling off your boss, uh telling your boss to go fuck himself, you can't fire me, I quit. First telling a cop to go fuck himself, <laughs> then having that same Hell conversation yeah. with your boss anyway. But so, but who know? Or the cop was a giant asshole in some way. Was harassing yes. people. Yes. Followed. Yes. Was fucking fucking with some somebody they didn't like in the store. You know. So and and that gave uh, someone you know sort of moral permission to yeah. feel like maybe they'd get away with telling them to fuck off. Yeah. And they haven't. I wish we had more and, info. And this is not to talk bad about this employee in any way. I'm sure, and I hope this employee fucking hates SPD and hates cops, and that's great. Uh, I'm Again, also you, you willing don't have to have this option a what? lot of the time. You can't yeah. I, look. This is no shade against anyone who's serving cops yeah. out there at your job. Like yeah. it's yeah. an inevitability. It sucks, but yeah. like yeah. And I and I'm betting what triggered that hatred was the cop being a complete fucking piece of shit. And I guarantee you one thing that didn't happen, which is after the person said sorry, no cops, and the cop turned around quietly and left. I guarantee you that did not fucking happen, mm-hmm. and that there was. I'm sure some sort of dipshit fucking scene. If, <laughs> if you are in any way we're actually there for any of this, let us know. I, I'm dying to know what actually happened because I'm not taking a fucking cop's word for it. Yeah, seriously. On any of this. But, but seriously, to go back, the, the yeah. other cop who chimed in after reading on the post-millennial that this happened was like, oh, same story, minutes. yeah. That both did not happen. Yeah. Absolutely nope. didn't happen. No cop walked out of there and getting refused service and didn't tell a soul. Yeah, yeah. Made up. Like, oh, I'm finally going to share my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, like, I finally feel like it's safe yeah. to talk about this <laughs> now that I've seen others come forward. Yeah. He's like hashtagging Bull at me too. Shit. Yeah. It's just, this is bandwagon. It's like, yeah, feeling old. Yeah, no. Well, and this is what cops do, right? I mean, they're, I'm sure in their little ring, we're like, well, let's let's do some consumer activism against the story. Yeah. They'd all convinced themselves uh, had some weird, like, anti-police policy uh unfortunately Look, I think they'll find, find a guy to get and make up a guy to get mad at with this yeah. shit like going to a store a fast food restaurant and like making up some shit about milkshakes or like fucking mm-hmm. a, someone ate my hamburger when you took a bite <laughs> yeah, out of yeah. it like they'll just do this on to no unsuspecting but yeah, yeah if you paint a target on your back by telling a cop yeah you know then the they'll want to jump on and uh slander yeah. them you know? Yeah, every cop's like, uh, you know, McDonald's ice cream machine never works when a cop is in the room. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so the update goes on to just 
sort of cry about the state of the Seattle Police Department. I don't think we really need to read yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, more posting their L's, as Munya had said. So, uh, unfortunately, because I had a similar thought. I think you had said this, Greg. I was really hoping this was store policy. <laughs> yeah, that right, Basically, yeah. <laughs> they were like, well, we just don't serve cops because they're subhuman and they should die. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that's not the case. No. As we would find out, that employee was let go, oh. which sucks. Yeah, and it, that was kind of interesting, too, because I remember this was the story first got put uh, put out on Twitter. Somebody who knew the employee had said uh, that the employee had been reprimanded and that the store owner had said that they would be retrained. And then that very quickly <laughs> changed to fired. And the store owner put out their own comment where basically the long and short was they literally set an appointment with the police officer so that they could desperately apologize. Literally set an appointment so they could get on their hands and knees and lick their fucking (laughs) They're literally going (laughs) to hand that cop a box of chocolates. This is like they're going to come with a fucking bundle of roses and a box of chocolates like they forgot like uh, their fucking wedding anniversary with this cop. Yeah, I hate it. It is that is awful. happening. Yep, awful. Then Lord, they're gonna take happened. like photos with him out in front, like holding the giant, the biggest fucking box of chocolate they have, like it's a novelty <laughs> check in front of Chocolati, <laughs> the owner of the cops. That's coming, people. Well, and of course, disgusting. Did this, you know, aggressive showing of their belly to SPD? Uh, did it in fact, uh, <laughs> you know? reduce conservative bloodlust. I don't know. What did Jason Rance have to say? <laughs> uh, yeah. So this brings us to yesterday, I think when Jason Rance had somebody type up something he said on a show and we're not going to read the whole thing. Um, but near the end, it, there's a section that says this doesn't happen in a bubble. This incident at Chocolati occurred as the Seattle police department faces a significant crisis. Since last year, over 250 officers have left the force, leaving the SPD with the fewest Mm -hmm. deployable staff members since at least the 1980s. Let's fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) Concurrently, Seattle hit a 26-year high homicide rate. Uh, Again, one of those things that they get very excited about, but the thing is, we have been in a 30-year world historic <laughs> decline in homicides. So a 26-year high in homicides would be like by a mile the lowest homicide rate Seattle had seen between you know its ex- beginning existence all the way up to probably 1998. Right. Like would be the lowest by a mile. Like so, yeah. Yes. In the midst of a world historic decline in homicides, there was like one more. Yeah, and in the midst of like the, last year. the biggest recession like yeah. we've seen in quite a while yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Amidst like quite a bit of turmoil over yeah. the last year regarding a massive pandemic, a massive recession, you know, increasing economic insecurity. Well, look, in I mean, city. to Jason Rance and to every other yeah. chud in the world, that it, these are you're just talking about reasons you need more cops. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what even <laughs> a lot of local politicians are saying. Yeah, and by like an increase, they mean like last year there was four and this year's five or something like that is basically what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Right. yeah. Officers are officers are leaving in large part due to a lack of support. That includes attacks from the Seattle City Council and the community. 
that the cafe face so sudden- people fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so the community doesn't like the cops yeah. and they're leaving. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. the, like no, 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 the community doesn't count in this case, or maybe certain parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the cafe faced such considerable pushback online, however, was a welcome sign. I'm not sure where that pushback occurred. Yeah, but. I, most people, I saw what this posted. Most people were like, fucking cool. That's awesome. <laughs> now, I will say one thing that did happen, and, you know, I know that none of our listeners did this because our listeners are good, but is one of those things that you really got to watch out for is all these fucking idiots are going like, well, I'm going to go buy $10,000 <laughs> <Yeah>. yeah. from, <laughs> from Johnny Depp at Chocolati. <laughs> and it's like, don't do that, guys. Stop that. That's just yep. embarrassing. Yeah. All companies are bad. Oh, so you could have seen this coming a fucking yeah, yeah. mile that this away. Get yeah, fired. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. There's no, I'm sorry. Do not do culture war shit on this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's a small business owner in this town who isn't going to kiss the cop's ass yeah. because probably they genuinely love them and think they're yep. good because they're small business tyrants and that's just their class position. But secondly, because. They're the cops are running a, an implicit protection racket. Yeah, like you, yeah. if you're not a chud, you're you may still at least fear that you could have real repercussions. Um, yeah. Even if they're stupid fears, like oh my, there's they're not gonna come when there's a burglar. Mm. If you're a chud, if you're stupid or just a dumb liberal small business tyrant, but like even if you are like a little more well-meaning. On some level, like you, you, the smarter you are, the more you would maybe fear the cops and what yeah. they can do to your right. fixed, uh, uh, you know, businesses. So, yeah. and of course, the thing to always keep in mind is, uh, that small business owner that you now are so desperate to support is exploiting that worker that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. And of course, it came out that other employees of this place and previous employees of this place are like, oh yeah, the owner fucking sucks. Like, that treats us like shit. Of course. Of course. So fucking... So don't do that shit, people. Some Seattle fucking uh, Wallingford, and I mean, it is like, you know, the... Yeah. That reason number one, you know, this isn't the like Mal's chocolate, you know, chocolatery or whatever. <laughs> it's in fucking Wallingford. Yeah, yeah. they have other <laughs> locations, but the factory is on Aurora. It's like Green Lake, um, or it was for a long time anyway. Uh, the it, it like some Seattle like I'm gonna guess a boomer hippie, uh, but wealthy like chocolate mm-hmm. nerd. Like I mean, that's who we're talking about here. So. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what you should do is just like we talk about with the Seattle Times, certain reporters at the Seattle Times, is go to the chocolate shop, find the employee, uh, which I guess is one of seven girls with green hair who work there, <laughs> and give them all money. Well, yeah, you just know, give them money directly. We don't really yeah. know that the cops or Ari are gendering these people who directly. fucking knows like honestly the green hair thing Ari might just made up too yeah. who fucking knows but the point is go find the employee that did this give them money <laughs> don't support the chocolate shop support them yeah I mean if that does pop up um, honestly we would love to talk to this person um, so you know if anybody out there could hook that up but you know if uh, if they do end up raising money because they're now fucking uh you know, fired for cause, uh, like, you know, we'll, we'd want to like retweet that at least like, uh, yeah. So, so the werewolf wonder boy finishes this article with the silent majority in Seattle truly does back the blue. 
even if they seem most... Even if the community hates them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how the community hates them, but a silent majority love <laughs> What a weird trick. <laughs> yeah, Just, e- yeah I lo- that's so great. Even if they seem mostly hesitant to say anything publicly, in Seattle, backing police openly can lead to activist scorn, bullying, and even assault. Yeah, that's that's definitely a Citations real thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why the Seattle Times is so afraid to constantly editorialize about funding the police scorn, yeah, scorn. Yeah, scorn. There's, there's scorn for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's not, but not for anybody scorn. that has any power to do yeah. anything. I mean, <laughs> we're on a sailboat. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I might get made fun of on the the podcast with the inexplicable name. <laughs> names. Inexplicable names. names. So, but yeah, uh, you know, just just a lot in there. A lot of Seattle shit happening in there. Yeah. But, uh, to yeah. our many fans outside of Seattle, as we are, you know, we're now the the 21st century equivalent of almost live where you know we're we're bringing seattle back people there's mm-hmm. people all over our special you know, seattle branded humor. people in new york people in texas people everywhere listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know we just love to give you a little taste of what it's like here mm-hmm. yeah that's, so that's definitely happening i think we have some new friends mm-hmm. to thank um so we thank you, Michael. We thank you, Ian, Joseph, Wolfgang, Riley, Peterson. Let's go. <laughs> and we think thank you, Allie Bentler. Let's go, Allie. Ian, I do believe we have a new policy. Uh, we charge you a membership for each name. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you got to do break. six more. Yeah. So, oh, and thank you to uh, Max on Twitter for uh, just a uh, hat tip oh, for yeah. that uh, turning us on to that. Bruce. Uh, Bruce's boomer moment Bruce clip yeah yeah if you want to send us clips of local politicians or celebrities uh brains melting on tv <laughs> or online feel free <laughs> dm us <laughs> yeah please do that uh if you don't know you can find us at um mech freak pod on twitter so i think with that we're all done here right yep time to set sail yep okay bye, bye. bye.